Hello and welcome to another episode of the China Path podcast. James Scullin here from the Australia China Business Council. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please drop by to the podcast homepage at www.acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts to sign up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher or Youku. Today's episode is on the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, who in May completed a 10-day tour of China, performing in Guangzhou, Shenzhen, Shanghai, Nanjing, Hangzhou and Beijing. I caught up with MSO's chairman Michael Ulmer on the Shanghai leg of their tour to discuss the popularity of classical music among young people in China, what's involved in putting a China tour together, and how cultural ties can help bring about opportunities for Australian business. Michael Ulmer is the chairman of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, as well as a trustee of the National Gallery of Australia. Michael is also on the board of the property group Lendlease that this year has broken into China's booming aged care industry, becoming one of the first foreign firms to do so without a local partner. Now, recording on the road can sometimes be tricky, which is why you may hear some ambient sound in the background. In any case, it doesn't take away from the pleasure of learning about MSO's China endeavours, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm here today in Shanghai with Michael Ulmer, the chairman of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Thanks for having me here today, Michael. Thanks, James. It's a pleasure. So, Michael, you've just come back from playing in Guangzhou and Shenzhen. Yes. How is the tour going so far? It's going incredibly well. The um, we are touring six cities, and uh, every concert is sold out, mm. uh, which is a, a great sort of sign. Um, incredibly well received in the first two concerts, uh, standing ovations, yeah. uh, very, very enthusiastic audiences. And I think it's a fantastic reflection of the passion there is for classical music in China. Mm. And I've been here on, on business in the, the earlier part of uh, this week, and it's just fascinating the number of our staff here in the Lend-Lease offices who, when you talk to them about their families and their children, they're all studying piano, they're studying violin, and that's, I think, just part of this drive with this uh, great interest in Western classical music. What has been the marketing strategy? Having sold out all your shows so far, how have you managed to get the word out here in China? Well, we're very lucky that on our board, um, one of my colleagues is David Lee, who mm. uh, grew up in Shanghai and was a professional violinist. And at one stage in his early career, he was the concertmaster for the Shanghai Symphony. Ah, okay. And there's a whole um, cadre of um, of people of David's era who grew up together, like Tan Duan, Lucy Ching, and and others. So they know one another. Um, there and and in the classical music um, industry here in China, uh, those people are now right across everything that's happening. And then they have the links into the concert halls, and then they have the links into the entrepreneurs who uh, like classical music and want to support us. Uh, we, outside of Shanghai, for the five concerts outside of Shanghai, um, we have a relationship with Audi, mm. uh, who are sponsoring the tour. So some of the marketing material has just been extraordinary. It's mm. like uh, skyscrapers, where half the skyscraper is covered with a billboard. Oh, for right the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, wow. which is just quite quite stunning. Um, so yeah, it's gone incredibly well, the promoters are all very happy, and obviously we're happy. 
And so do audiences differ in China com compared to Australia? Yes, there's a very interesting difference and, and that in, reflects in part um, uh, the fact that so many young people here are studying uh, classical musical mm. instruments. So what we notice here is that the, um, there are many more families and many more uh, younger people, younger children, uh, mothers bringing you know, their children and their nieces and nephews and whatever. Um, and the second thing we notice with that audience is they treat the, um, the soloists and our chief conductor, Sir Andrew Davis, like rock stars. Oh, right, okay. So <laughs> Sir Andrew, who is uh, one of the world's great conductors and, and played, uh, played all over the world, yeah. but he is not used to somebody coming up to him after the performance, and he said in one case with an LP, <laughs> Uh, that he'd had for 25 years or whatever and asking Sir Andrew for his autograph. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think the other thing that uh, the Chinese audiences really appreciate is very often they don't get that sort of up close and personal access. Oh, okay. Whereas being Australians, you know, we create a more informal yeah. atmosphere so they can actually get really close and get the selfies and, and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's a real event and of course that great, creates a great buzz. Um, and what about the venues? Are the, the venues must be much larger than Australia? Uh, not necessarily. In Australia, the, the, the uh, best halls uh, that we play in are around 2,200. And typically here in uh, China, uh, the halls would be of that size. I think here in Shanghai, we're playing at the Shanghai Symphony Hall. I think that's about 1,400. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit smaller. But the thing is, they've, the number of concert halls here in uh, China that have been built in recent years. So I think it's now up to about 73 uh, across the country. Wow, and these okay. are new, they are stunning, uh, the acoustics are incredible. So that sort of transition that's occurred in 10, 15 years is just absolutely phenomenal. Hmm. Um, is the current tour a collaboration between Australian and Chinese artists? Yes, James, and that's, I think, been one of the other keys to why it's been so successful because we're showcasing uh, great um, Chinese soloists. Um, in the first part of our tour uh, we had Lucy Ching um, playing the uh, Brook uh, Violin Concerto and he is one of the world's great violinists and has played uh, on a number of occasions with us in Melbourne. He played, uh, for example, earlier this year in our Chinese New Year uh, concert. Mm. Uh, and here in um, Shanghai, uh, we have Moi Shen, who's a great pianist, and he's playing the Franz Liszt Piano Concerto. So again, it gives the opportunity for Chinese audiences not only, only to see one of the world's great orchestras in the Melbourne Symphony, but also to see their own Chinese great artists. Right. And we also have, um, uh, within our, um, our complement, uh, in, in the Melbourne Symphony, Song Yu, and uh, he is from Shanghai, and uh, so again there's a great connection that we've had. Tiani Lu, our assistant conductor, was actually born in Shanghai. Today she's conducting one of the pieces, mm -hmm. and it will be the first time that she's conducted in front of her family in her entire career. Oh. So she lived in Shanghai until she was five. Right. Okay. Um, she's she's now she moved to New Zealand. Last year she was appointed assist, Cybec assistant conductor yeah. at MSO, um, 
and so she is yeah she's performing today so prior to the tour here in china was there exchange and rehearsals between the artists well the way that it works it's very challenging because we are here for two weeks and we're in six cities in two weeks mm. and there are 120 uh, musicians and support crew traveling around okay. plus all of their gear yeah. so you can imagine it's like moving yeah. a small army yeah. uh, so the way things work is you tend to you do uh, quite a bit of a rehearsal back in Melbourne okay. uh, on, the, on the program and we have two programs uh, that, we're, that we're running here um, and then as it happens Moi Shen was playing with the Melbourne Symphony uh, in Melbourne uh, the other weekend, so okay. there's an opportunity there for rehearsal. And Lucy Ching, as I've mentioned, he's he's played with us before. He played in February in Melbourne, uh, and then in the first of our rehearsals when we arrived here in China, then he did the rehearsal mm. there. So you do a combination of two, and it's actually very important in the programming uh, that you integrate uh, the program that we're going to do for the whole year with what we're going to do on tour okay. so that the musicians have the chance to build up um, their rehearsal c uh, capability. Mm. So communication and language can often be a challenge to navigate engaging with China. Um, how much does the shared value common point of music help to uh, enhance communication between countries so different like Australia and China? I think it's a fantastic um, platform mm. uh, to, to bring people closer together. Um, for example, we have had Tan Dun, again one of the, the great Chinese uh, conductors and composers, um, uh, conducting our Chinese New Year concert for the last four years. Mm. And, and he does a, a wonderful job and we, um, uh, we sort of position that as East meets West and so we play classical Western pieces in the orchestral tradition, but we also, in those concerts, play Eastern pieces, and it, it works oh, incredibly, okay. incredibly well together. And um, so it is a common language, mm. and at the same time, uh, our musicians are very eager and inquisitive and like to learn, so we've actually run some Chinese language courses for them oh, right. okay. uh, back in Melbourne mm. and there's been a whole piece around um, customs and traditions uh, etc and so many of them are, are very keen to understand more because that's part of what they get out of a tour like this is not only playing in these great concert halls sure. uh, with great soloists and, and our conductor but also seeing the local environment the local community. So Michael how far back does the MSO's China relationship go? So our first uh, major tour here was back in 2002. Uh, so we've had a, a long relationship for 16 or so years. Uh, but what we've done in more recent years is to de develop formal relationships uh, here in, firstly in Shanghai with the Shanghai Symphony. Okay. So part of the, the Victorian government's initiative to strengthen business and cultural ties uh, with Shanghai uh, we were here, I think it was two years ago, and actually some of our mu musicians were at the official ceremony, mm. and we signed a formal partnership uh, with the Shanghai Symphony, which which involves exchange of musicians, it, exchange, it involves uh, collaboration for compositions to develop uh, new pieces of work, and it also involves um, playing, bringing the orchestra to, to one another. 
so uh, two years back we had a concert here where half of the musicians were from the Shanghai Symphony and the other half were from the Melbourne Symphony. So we call that a side-by-side -side concert right. uh, with Sir Andrew Davis uh, conducting. And we are looking to further those um, partnerships in other cities. And what we've done in other places around the region, in Indonesia, and we are also uh, talking in Singapore, uh, is not only the sort of collaboration I've described, but then how can you take it further to masterclasses with local music conservatoriums, okay. and, and very much uh, bring uh, to a country with a great appetite for classical music like China, but not the depth of tradition, how can we bring our expertise to play um, in a way which I think is quite unusual because it's a genuine investment into the local community. It's not something where we're looking to cut a deal or take something back to Australia. Yeah. Um, this is very much us investing in that cultural relationship, which hopefully deepens the business relationship and the diplomatic relationship. Mm. So you feel that there are opportunities for greater business and economic connections by having a cultural engagement, such as playing music over here in China? Absolutely, James. Um, in terms of the opportunity it creates for more business and, and diplomatic relationships, for example, uh, Lend-Lease are sponsoring part of this tour um, and we are looking as, um, as our retirement business uh, blossoms, uh, what is the opportunity to be uh, doing things that would involve the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra when it's up here with the retirement uh, complex and, and whatever it may be, the local party. Yeah. So ways of saying that we are genuinely keen to invest into the community and in that way strengthening the opportunity for Australian business. Mm. What's different about playing in China compared to playing in other countries? Is there something eccentric about playing in China that maybe makes it more of a challenge or just makes it more Chinese? But is there something unique about performing or logistically planning a tour like this in China? I think the, uh, in terms of playing in China, one of the key differences are the audiences are incredibly enthusiastic. Okay. So they're, they're, not, they're knowledgeable, uh, but they also display their uh, love of the music in perhaps a more voluble way than, than you would get in, in say, a, a traditional Western okay. uh, music. But having said that, uh, people tell me that at La Scala in Milan, you know, if, if people don't like what's on stage, then they just turn to their neighbour and start having a conversation. Oh, right, okay. So it, uh, it's, it's not that in itself is, is not particularly particular, but it's a, the younger audiences, uh, the great enthusiasm, uh, the way they celebrate uh, the, the great soloists and, and, and the conductors. And the other thing uh, that uh, we've noticed that's, that's different yeah. is the use of technology. Mm. And a lot of the Chinese orchestras are really investing much more heavily than uh, Western orchestras are in technology around communication, around reaching out to new audiences, uh, around digital enhancement virtual reality and so there's a whole lot of things here so if you look at the way say WeChat uh, has become sort of part of life here yeah. in a far more um, complex way than you would see in something like Facebook um, similarly we think there's quite a bit to learn in the way Chinese orchestras are using technology uh, to take 
this art form to the next level. Oh, great. So, Michael, what's on for the rest of the tour? Where are you playing next? So, we play Shanghai uh, tonight, Saturday, and then uh, the next steps in the tour are Nanjing, Hangzhou, and then we finish up at Beijing. And that's going to be very special for the orchestra because we're playing in the National Centre for Performing Arts. Oh, right, yeah. Which it's is a, this stunning, a beautiful building. Beautiful building, stunning architectural icon, and we understand absolutely beautiful um, acoustics. Mm. And so that's going to be a real highlight as, as well as Shanghai. Um, and what about looking to the long term for the MSO? Do you plan to tour to China more often? Yes, we feel that uh, as one of the, the world's sort of great orchestras and, 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 and we would be in, in the top 20 uh, mm. around the world um, and a lot of orchestras uh, very much look to Europe and the US and it's important to play in those uh, geographies uh, in terms of the credibility of the art form but we feel there's a real opportunity for someone like the Melbourne Symphony to really be known as the world-class orchestra that is made its home uh, here in, in Asia. Okay. And so we have relationships, as I've mentioned, with um, the Shanghai Symphony, and we're talking with other orchestras here in China. Uh, we have relationships in Indonesia. We have relationships in, in, in Singapore that are developing. And we are very much seeing strategically mm. uh, there's an opportunity to say we should be programming uh, more regular activity uh, perhaps every year not necessarily, it won't be a full tour every year, but it may be uh, sending ensembles okay. um, and they will be doing uh, chamber music, uh, they will be doing master classes, they will be doing other sort of outreach activity. Mm. And it's all always again of deepening that engagement, uh, but at the same time um, infusing our musicians to take their art form to the next level. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks a lot for your time today, Michael, and all the best with the rest of the tour. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure. My thanks to Michael for letting us in on MSO's China tour, and thanks also to MSO Marketing Director Dylan Stewart, who you would have heard chime in there too. To learn more about MSO's tour of China, you can check out this episode's show notes at www.acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts. There you can also check out past episodes and subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher or Youku. Please do pass on the podcast to a friend, colleague or client who has an interest in China and may benefit from one of our episodes. We'd also like to thank the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trades Australia China Council for their support of the podcast. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening and until next time, Zai Jian.